You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates. I'm so happy you could join us today. Today is May 2nd. It is a weekend, and it is a beautiful weekend at that. I hope you guys get a chance to go outside, get a little bit of fresh air, remain somewhat distanced from each other, but take advantage of the beautiful weather if if you can. I know we are. And I'm so excited to join you guys today to wrap this week up with what has happened as far as real estate news. We've been updating you guys daily because the news has been coming out daily. And funny enough, stats generally will come out monthly, but recently they've been coming out weekly. And so we have an idea of what's happened this past week, and I want to share that with you. And next week, we're going to have the Toronto Real Estate Board publishing their information, which should just be just like a fire hydrant of water shooting in our face, all this news, all this information, and we're going to be trying to grab onto it. But I want to try and give you guys some early insight in what that will look like. So today I want to talk about how did Toronto Real Estate do this past week? And then I want to get into businesses reopening. So we know that there are businesses reopening this week, in fact, on Monday. And so I want to talk about what those businesses are just so that we're all on the same page. And I want to talk about how this news has, in some cases, led to optimism in our market and what people are maybe saying out there just based on what we've seen. And every time there seems to be a a release of new information and a reopening, there seems to be a bit of a buzz in the real estate side. So I want to talk about that as well. And then I want to talk about the commercial side of real estate. I never thought I'd be talking about commercial real estate as much as I have, but it's so fascinating to see the back and forth going on between landlords and tenants. And so now we have Tory, the mayor of Toronto, speaking out as to what his thoughts are and what should happen in the commercial real estate segment. And it's actually quite invasive. It would be a big move. And so if this did happen, I want to talk about that and what that could mean. And so this past week, we had a great week. And we actually yesterday, I was on a call, a Zoom call with 180 kids, all those high school kids, we were all grouped up for something called the Deeper Life Summit. Usually we have those at a church. It's a a youth church event. And because obviously we're all keeping a distance, we did it online. And it was awesome. It was very good. A lot of kids uh, are you know, asking for prayer and encouragement and we were able to talk to them. It was a really great opportunity and when everyone needed to be quiet, everybody was quiet. But when we were in small groups, everyone had an opportunity to share. And it was wonderful. And so I'm so thankful that I'm able to stay connected with my church family, with my friends and family. And I hope you guys are able to stay connected and build relationships. Although we're at home, it doesn't mean we have to be distanced as far as our relationships with people. We can still maintain those. And I hope you guys take this week, if you haven't in past weeks, the opportunity to do that. So let's jump into what happened in the Toronto real estate market this past week. So this article comes from Toronto Stories. It's called 2020 Weekly Toronto Real Estate Snapshot, April 22nd to 28th, 2020. That takes us until about mid this past week that we're just coming out of. This is the article. Over a month has passed since COVID-19 emergency measures have been in effect in Ontario and sales activity remains subdued as a result. Condominium style properties are bearing the brunt of slowdown on a year over year basis across the GTA and the city of Toronto. Okay, here's what I want to do. This article, what I like about it is different. Okay, we haven't talked about this. We've talked about what's kind of happening as far as the movement. We'll, We'll cover that again of the number of sales and the uptick in sales and where that's happening. But what this article does actually breaks it down by segment, which is really cool. They break it. And I want to share with you what some of their numbers are. So based, and I will recap it for you as well. Based on the number of properties sold, there was an 81% year over year decline in condo apartments. 
and a corresponding 79% year-over-year decline in condo apartment sales in Toronto. So Toronto were 79, 81 in the GTA. Okay. Moving along to condo townhomes, there was just seven that were sold in the city of Toronto, which is a 71% decline. Across the GTA, the decline in the condo townhomes was a 60% annual decline. And freehold, so now, so that's on the condo side. Now as we move into freehold, we're going to talk about semis and we're going to talk about the detached. Freehold property performed significantly better on a year-over-year basis, particularly with respect to semi-detached properties. Here's this, check this out. There was a 32% drop in semi-detached sales in Toronto with a 21, with 21 homes exchanging hands. Across the GTA, 40 semi-detached homes were sold, marking a 61% decline, okay? And finally, in the detached, we saw in the GTA a 65% annual drop. And in the city of Toronto detached, we saw a 69%. So if I, I'm going to summarize those for you one last time in case you missed it. Condo apartments, 79% in Toronto decline, number of transactions, okay? Townhomes, condo townhomes dropped 71% in Toronto. Semis dropped 32%, so way better. And the detached home dropped... 69%. Okay, so so we're looking at a 79% drop from condo apartments all the way down to, you know, a 35%, 32% in semis and a 69% in detached. So that's a pretty big spread. And this is why I like this article because it actually breaks it down. Now, why is this? I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that. And I think in my mind, just from where how I've been educating myself about this market and kind of what we've talked about in past podcasts over the last few days, yesterday, we were talking about pre-construction, okay? And here's one of the things that we heard from a developer who's out in Caledonia. They said this, our buyers were all real people. Okay, these guys actually sold, by the way, they sold 50% of their units like, like that. Now, usually they'd sell more. There was a bit of a discrepancy, but they've been selling very quickly. And they said from places like Maple, Georgetown, and Mississauga. Probably the difference between now and pre-COVID is that the more difficult units would have also likely sold by now to investors banking on capital appreciation. But in this market, it's the investors that are holding off. So that's an interesting piece of information that might be the key for what we're seeing here. Maybe all the transactions that are happening are happening by people who are planning on moving into these units. And we've talked about this trend before, but I do think there's a ton of people who are looking to purchase stuff with backyards, places where they can grow their family. And in general, with COVID-19, logically, we've seen improvements in cottage viewings in the luxury segment. People want more space. So maybe the reason for that is people seeking this space and the investors who would just kind of looking for the quick buck and to throw money at where there's an opportunity, they're maybe sitting on the sidelines a little bit and maybe their involvement tends to be higher in the apartment segment. Now, I don't know that for sure. I'm going to leave this to another week or two of other people smarter than I to research it and look into it and give that info to us. But at this point, we do know the numbers tend to say that the low rise homes seem to be rebounding or at least not hit as hard. And so the other thing, just to, as a recap of what we've kind of talked about this week and just to kind of summarize this week, we are seeing in the last actually week and a half, two weeks now, an uptick in the number of showings and the number of sales in all segments, right? So don't think that this is an ongoing thing. This was just, it was more of a piece of fascination where why is it that the one is outperforming the other, but you can generally assume that information will be more positive. At least this is my approach, but I do want to share with you what the negative side is because I think sometimes I get a little bit too optimistic just by nature of me being an investor and me being like just in love and appreciating the real estate market and wanting it to do good. And so I want to share with you both sides 
But all of this, by the way, will be summarized in the next week when Treb releases their data. Usually that comes out, by the way, around the 5th of the month, 4th to the 6th-ish month of the month, depending on when they can compile all that research. And then they send it out to the membership and they share it with the general public. So next week, we're going to know in stone all of the things we've been talking about the last few weeks, trying to get you guys kind of prepped for that. Those numbers are going to come out. And so depending on whether they're optimistic or negative, it's going to set the pace of our market. I tend to think it's going to be positive. But here is the negative. There was an article that came out from our friends at Better Dwelling. Got to have... Uh, Got to have the opposing view from Better Dwelling every time. Canadian real estate prices could drop up to 30%. Moody's advises institutions, okay? One of the world's largest risk advisory firms says Canadian real estate won't be spared. Moody's Analytics released their Q2 forecast showing how COVID-19 will impact the Canadian economy. The firm advised their institutional clients that real estate will be impacted with, an ev with even an optimistic scenario showing price declines. Well, that's interesting. Because according to TD's forecast, they're expecting a price growth of 7.8%. Now, here's the thing. Perhaps when they're talking about an optimistic scenario showing price declines was as of the March highs. I don't know the details of that study, nor do I really want to. But I want to share the findings because this is sometimes it also comes from the angle you approach this, right? If you're talking year over year, the numbers look far better than month over month. And so that, that's the optimistic side is 7.8 from year over year. But they're saying here that at best, we're going to see price declines. One thing that I do agree that they said was low interest rates won't provide a boost. I partially agree with that. This is what they say. Optimism around low interest rates is non-existent in this environment. Moody's notes reduced interest rates will not save the Canadian housing market. Low interest rates are great for freeing up cash flow and providing stimulus. I was literally saying this a day or two ago. This article came out yesterday, by the way. The focus should be on the level of unemployment after government incentives expire. I agree. The first notes, employment is a single business factor for home prices. They also state there is some noise with initial unemployment claims. The unemployment rate should decline as the economy reopens. Temporary layoffs would return, helping to soften the impact. However, we won't know what the natural and efficient labor market looks like until the end of the year. Does this not sound like exactly what I've been saying for the last you know, month or so. So it's funny that the news here is negative, but this is, I agree. The the dropping of interest rates is not a decision that it was going to help protect and save the dropping of the real estate prices. Because it, like they're saying, it's just designed to free up cash flow. People aren't going out and running out and buying because their interest rate dropped by, you know, quarter of a percent or three quarters of a percent. That's not a motivator, motivating factor. In fact, the fear has led to increasing mortgage rates. So even though we saw a low interest rates, that doesn't mean that it's been reflected, at least in the short term, by mortgage rates. But I do agree, and I've continued to say that employment is a deciding factor. And this is why we've been tracking the reopening of the economy, which we'll get to in a second. As the economy reopens, we need to be pulling people off these incentives. And as that happens, we will see the strength of our marketplace. And you have to pull back these incentives, by the way, in order to incentivize people to go back to work. Because if they're going to sit at home and collect money, they're going to want to do that. They're going to want to have a conversation and say, you know what, don't hire me back or pay me less than $1,000. So these are all good points. I love these points. So this is where I disagree. Okay. Canadian home prices expected to drop up to 30%. Okay. So wait a minute. That just, that just turned. Okay. Canadian real estate prices are expected to drop in the baseline and the declines get bigger as the lockdown persists. So what they've done is they've done these forecasts. So the SO baseline shows price declines of 8% in real terms with a return to break even one year later. I tend to think that's actually where we fall. So I think that's kind of, so when you're saying we got price drops of up to 30%, 
Yeah, I think that that just makes it that just blows out proportion. But then again, when TD says up seven point eight percent, they're doing it too. So everyone's a little extreme, guys. Why do we have to be extreme? Can we just talk about how there was eight to ten and a half percent drop, and all of a sudden we're growing it? It's starting to come back again, and we're going to meet where we were last year and have kind of this break-even point. Like, let's just meet that in the middle. Let's stop just trying to sell on the headlines. Anyways, then they've got other scenarios where an S three scenario declines of twenty percent. We got a recovery in late twenty twenty four to twenty five in that case. So that's kind of negative. That's not even the worst. S4 forecast de- determines a fall of over 30% well into 2022. Damn. And recover in real terms towards the ends of the decade. Now, maybe this is why new, reading news like this, I was talking to a gentleman who went who attended a, a RAIN seminar. And they're telling the people at RAIN, RAIN is a giant investor network, by the way. I, they must be the biggest across Canada. And they're advising people to wait. Right, so even the the large investment networks are telling people to wait because of the uncertainty, and and there is uncertainty in the in the specific transactions. I the the fact that everybody's waiting to me got, has me a little bit of you know there's salivating happening because I can like this is the opportunity right there's blood on the streets as Warren Buffett would say, reconstructing their model with the same macros Parliament is using prices drop about twenty four percent. So in other words. They are their baseline is kind of what everyone is saying. So I'm going to meet it in the middle there, and I'm going to say we're probably going to do what we were saying before, which is have the price drops, which we've already experienced, and kind of fall somewhere where we were last year in prices. I think that's what's going to happen, but time will tell. And I don't know what you guys think. What are you guys thinking? Where do you think we're at now? If you want to leave those in the comments, feel free to do it as well. Okay, so let's let's get out of what the market is doing and all the optimistic news coming out of Better Twelling. And let's talk about the Ontario government allowing some businesses to reopen on May 4th. The article reads, the Ontario government has announced that certain businesses and workplaces can reopen on Monday with strict public health measures in effect. And it includes seasonal businesses and some essential construction projects. This is a quote for Doug Ford, our buddy Dougie. Right now, there are certain businesses and workplaces that can operate safely. That means they can physically distance their staff and customers. They can put in physical barriers. They can provide contact-free services, or they work outside and are isolated. The premier said allowing some businesses to reopen follows advice from the province's chief medical officer of health. Ford said he also believes in the near future additional businesses will be allowed to open. This is another quote from Mr. Ford. We have made tremendous progress. We are flattening the curve. We are heading in the right direction. So guys, the news coming out of politics is optimistic. When they ask the health officials who makes the call on these openings, they say, oh, well, it's the government opening up. And then the government, when they make these announcements, they say, oh, well, this is based on the advice of our health officials. So I can only, other than kind of having a safety net to protect themselves when it all falls apart, if it falls apart, I do think that they are in step together. I think that they're actually working very closely and we're doing a good job generally of opening our economy. But the main thing here is we need to open our economy. We can't sit here and collect checks all day long. Here's another quote. Today's news shows us that if we stay the course, stay vigilant and take a measured approach, we can keep moving in the right direction. We can keep moving ahead with the opening up of the economy. We still have a long way to go, but today is a glimmer of hope. I love how he says that because just earlier in the week, what he had said was kind of not really a glimmer of hope because he was saying, oh, we're going to have a plan. But now all of a sudden we do. So here's the businesses. Just going to run through the list. Garden centers and nurseries with curbside pickup and delivery only. Lawn care and landscaping. So you guys can have that beautiful grass. Additional essential construction projects that include, and then they got this big list. You know, there's shipping, logistics, broadband, telecom, digital infrastructure. They talk about colleges, universities, childcare centers, schools, you know, 
and then they actually talk about industrial and residential development. So construction projects in general for specific areas, automatic and self-serve car washes. So you can have that clean car, that fresh grass, auto dealerships, open by appointment only. Golf courses may prepare the courses, but they can't open to the public. And marinas can begin prepping for the recreational boating season, but not open to the public. Boats and watercrafts must stay secure to the dock in the marina until the public access. So these, these kind of make sense, right? These are outside. And as we're kind of hearing in the news, like if you're outside in the sunlight, the, the, the breeze, everything is great. It's a great environment to protect yourself from the virus. In fact, there's, from what I've heard, there's only been one case of someone who contracted the disease outside and they were like within a foot of each other's face. I don't know how many and how they even get that number, but this is what I've heard. So the likelihood of catching something on, outside goes down dramatically. So this is a good move. And it says the premier unveiled a three-phase plan on Monday to reopen, which we had heard, and it was dubbed a framework for reopening our province, states the parameters of each gradual stage. So so again, without kind of beating where we were earlier in the week, if you missed it, go back and listen to some of the things that were said. But it seems like the news is optimistic and the economy is starting to open as early as this week, which is great news. So as things continue to happen, what that's doing is people are like, well, wait a minute, we're in hiding. Real estate was an essential service all along. I could have bought a house two weeks ago, but why did I not? Because I was scared our economy was going to collapse. I was scared things were going to fall apart. But now things are building, right? There's building blocks coming in place. Businesses are opening. Jobs are coming back. The optimism is coming back. So So I'm not to say, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say prices won't go down anymore, but I'm definitely going to say the optimism is, is coming back to our marketplace. And I think that that's going to lead to increasing of the number of sales and the confidence that people go out and shop for a house and, you know, maintain their distance, but, and do it properly. But I think that that is why we're seeing this uptick in sales, this uptick in showings. And I think that that will continue. Okay. And I want to get into an article. This is now I want to talk about the commercial side. Yesterday we were talking about this, but I want to cover the opposite side, the counter argument to what we said, because I don't like giving one story. I like you guys to come up with your own answers here and I'm creating my own thinking too. So yesterday we had an article from Retail Insider and this was said, in fact, a survey by Save Small Business, a grassroots coalition of close to 40,000 small businesses across Canada found only one in five small businesses expect their landlord to sign on to the Canadian Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance Program announced recently by Prime Minister Trudeau. So that's very negative news. They're saying on small businesses, one in five think that their person's going to sign up, right? Their landlord. The co-founder of Safe Small Business said the advocacy group is calling on province to immediately ban commercial evictions until September 30th to to bring landlords to the table. So they're saying that because it's an optional program, and actually let me go down in this article because they actually mention it really well. Here it is. Eligible businesses must have less than $20 million in gross revenue at a parent level and the program is available to companies with one or more locations, each with grossing rent not exceeding $50,000 per month. It reduces the rent for April, May, June by 25% of the regular cost for businesses. So essentially 25% of businesses are, 25% is going to go to the business itself, 25% to the landlord, 50% is going to be covered by the government. And and they need to have seen a 70% reduction in the greater reduction in in revenues. And so what's happening, the CMHC is going to give that forgivable loan. But here's the thing, the landlord must apply for that program. And so this is what our buddy Tori said. There is a program now in place that is specifically meant to help them, brackets, commercial landlords. I recognize the fact that the money hasn't flowed yet, but it will. So this is supposed to happen April 16th, I believe it is. So this hasn't happened yet, but there's a promise that keep your tenant in place 
and let them pay their portion and we're going to reimburse you this other 50%. So here's the article. Although I've been picking from it, here's the top. As rent comes due again for businesses shuttered by COVID-19 pandemic, the mayor of Toronto is urging landlords to quote, be sensible and work with tenants struggling to pay their bills. Think about this folks. If you are a landlord, this is a quote, I know you have your own obligation, but you won't have a tenant left if you try and squeeze juice out of a lemon and there is none left. You won't have any tenant left and you will be worse off then, Mayor Tory told CP24 in an interview. I hope that f- I hope the few that haven't acted will act today to do something that is sensible and that is compassionate and that can actually be argued as making business sense in the end because they will have a tenant left to deal with once we get back to opening up for businesses. So this is kind of what I was saying as a counter argument yesterday, right? So there was a lot of arguments saying, well, we're going to shut down because you're not making your payment and maybe you weren't a successful business anyways. And I don't think you're going to make it at the other side. So why would I cut corners and allow you to reduce your rent when you're, I don't even really want you as a tenant. And now I have the legal right to have you removed. Now the counter argument is coming from the mayor of Toronto saying, well, yeah, I guess you can have them removed, but do you really want to do that? Because here's the thing, if you do it and so do 25% of all the other landlords, there's not there's going to be a ton of vacancies and you're going to have a lot of competition trying to find someone to replace that business. So, so he's he's it's really what I hear in this is him pleading pleading with the landlords of Toronto to keep people in place. This is kind of an act of desperation, which if if you are desperate, I guess needs to happen and this I guess he's feeling desperate in this case and so he's making this argument. So here's some more stats which I wanted to share with you too. The Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses says that a recent survey showed that only about 10% of businesses felt confident they would qualify for the program and that their landlord would participate. That's actually worse numbers than we just heard. Approximately 36% of those surveys said they didn't qualify because they did not meet the revenue losses. 9% who qualified said they know their landlord won't take part. And 40% they just weren't sure if their landlord would apply for the program. CFIB says the survey showed that 80% of small businesses want the province to step in to provide grants for businesses that are falling through the cracks. So asking for more money. So then you can say, well, wait a minute, John Tory saying all these big things, dude, you're the, you're the mayor of the city. Why don't you do it? And here's the thing. The city of Toronto is in no position to give any more money. They're laying people off. They cannot afford to spend more money because they are limited and they have to maintain a balanced budget. So it's not coming from Toronto. And so Toronto is leaning on the province to, to support them in this. So here's here's some of the big news that's coming out of what Tory is saying. It's crazy. So in a news release issued Thursday, the organization, this is the same one we were talking about, said eviction protection should be in place to place in place for the duration of the crisis for commercial tenants that are, quote, in otherwise good standing. Okay, well, how do you see that without opening up the books? Anyways, Tory echoed that call during his interview with CP24 on Friday morning. Listen to this quote. I wish the province would move as they did very quickly to ban residential evictions. I wish they would do the same for shops just to make sure these people can stay in place. That is a crazy quote. So John Tory is calling on the province to ban commercial evictions. My goodness. Anyways, that's that's crazy that, that we're asking for a freeze in commercial evictions. Not to say it's not possible. It is possible, but... That changes so much, right? Like that changes the cards. We are now we are now stepping on businesses. Like we are we are tying the hand. The landlord when they're renting it to their tenant, that is a business. So we are now. I guess the counter argument is as well. There's already been repercussions to the businesses of the tenants, so we should be able to do it on the landlord side. But I guess the point of this, the reason for this behind the whole argument is, if you force them to stay, 
and they qualify for this program, this emergency benefit, it'll force them to apply for the program because they have no choice, right? So, so it's kind of a push to use this emergency benefit, I think is what he's saying. But the question is, is what percentage of people actually qualify for that? Because I'm hearing a lot of arguments that people don't necessarily qualify for that. For that becomes a bigger issue. So you're forcing them to stay and yet you're not forcing them to collect. Essentially, you're saying you don't have to pay rent anymore. That's really what's being said, right? And, and because that's kind of what's being said on the residential side. So this, this would have huge implications and I am not an economist and I'm not going to spell all that out, but that is massive news. And it came out on Friday. And so people aren't going to be reporting it a whole lot over the weekend. They might start talking about it again next week, but because you guys tuned in this weekend, you got the goods on that. And so here's what I'm expecting from this week. I'm expecting businesses to start up again, and I want to see how that goes. And it'll be interesting as things start to reopen, what it looks like and whether people are showing up at the doors. And then it's also the, the thing I'm most excited about is the Toronto real estate stats coming out. When the Toronto real estate board stats come out, we're going to have a very clear picture as to what direction the media and the board, generally the Toronto real estate board is optimistic, by the way. The news, the negative news comes from secondary news sources. And so it'll be interesting to see what they're saying, whether they're talking about April being a first half and a second half, or whether they're talking about April being a bad month. Because if they're just taking the bad month approach, then maybe you got a bit more time to, to find those deals out there. But if they're saying that they're painting the picture that the first half was really bad, second half we're seeing an uptick, now all of a sudden people are going to be like, well, what is that going to mean for May? And of course, this weekend, I'm supposed to be doing an, an or actually it'll be later in next week. I'm going to be doing an inspection. And so I just hope I don't die. So there is so much going on in the next week or so. I'm so excited you guys could join us this past week on Toronto's number one real estate podcast. Make sure you leave a comment if you can. Leave us a, a review. Uh, give us five stars. Give us all the praise and all the all the thumbs up. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I'm watching this thing, the number of listeners on our podcast channel picking up like the coronavirus and once again, I'm hoping that we can't flatten that curve, that this keeps going because I think this information is impossible. And I think, and so does Google Podcasts, that we have the best Toronto real estate podcast for news because it's coming right from the source, guys. I'm pulling this from articles and we're learning and we're growing together and creating a framework by which we can go and invest and be successful in the Toronto real estate market. I'll see you guys bright and early Monday morning. Take care and keep it real. Oh,